0: You are now listening to the Griot's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Dear Culture, the podcast for buying about the culture. I'm your host Panama Jackson, and it's 50 years of hip hop. We are celebrating all year long in various form of fashion. We've having we've had people on this on this podcast. We've had artists. We've had people writing books. We've had all kinds of conversations with people about the culture. So today's gonna be no different. Um, Our guest today is somebody who is an actor, a singer, rapper, somebody who's a multi-hyphenate, who's been in several films or in in programs that mean a lot to me personally as somebody invested in the culture. And I don't even know if that's intentional, we're gonna ask. So he's been in Dope, which is a movie that's like the natural follow-up to The Wood, Uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. I really enjoyed Dope. He's been in The Get Down, which I want to talk about at some point briefly. And currently one of the lead actors in Wu-Tang, an American saga on Hulu, playing none other than Raekwon, one of the goats of the hip hop game. Ain't no checking. What you mean check with Steve? I'm telling you. (sighs) Uh, Right, I understand, but- But, son,
1: ain't no but. (laughs) Ain't no but, it's my album.
0: Please put your hands together for Shameek
1: Moore. How you doing, brother? Hey, man, I'm blessed to be here, one step in front of the other,
0: one foot at a time, you know? Absolutely. So, I was doing some research, and I did not know this. So, you're from Atlanta. Born and raised in Atlanta, uh, family, Jamaica. So, I'm really Jamaican. You know that works. Listen, you can never let the Jamaican part go. Like, everybody I know Jamaican, if they got, like, one great-great-grandparent who is Jamaican, that Jamaican thing is strong, right? You got to hold on to that. Um Both- It's like everybody's Jamaican.
1: I'm the only one that's more than American, so. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So what part of Atlanta?
0: Uh, I'm from Latonia, so I'm from East Atlanta. Atlanta's like Black Hollywood now, right? So what's your acting story? Did did the Black Hollywood part of it kind of help, like, get you into the door, like, being that, you know, you don't have to leave Atlanta the way that you used to in order to make it into music and acting and all that? Like, how did you get started in the acting game? I was doing... You know, music videos first, um,
1: as a dancer, just kind of getting rustling in the door. Uh, I met, you know, working with Soldier Boy. I mean, as, you know, a dancer in his music videos. And, uh, the same thing, Carrie Hilson, Lil Wayne, um, and those casting and directors ended up getting hired for Cartoon Network to hire more dancers. You know, I saw myself on TV a few times, even though it was just like, you know, five seconds here, five seconds there, whatever. But I was young, so it's, it was, it was feeding, it was like little breadcrumbs leading to the full snap, you know? And uh, uh, eventually um, we found out about an audition for Tyler Perry's House of Pain. Um, that was my first acting audition and I booked it. Um, and then the second one uh, that I went on was for Read Between the Lies. That, that was a BET show that I booked. That was so my first two um, acting jobs I booked And then, you know, eventually uh, we booked Dope and it kind of like paused things. You go to high school in Inglewood, you think you're gonna get into Harvard? I'm from a poor crime-filled neighborhood, raised by a single mother, don't know my dad, blah, blah. It's cliche. It was all about like how talented I could be, you know, how talented I was, you know, uh, how good of an actor are you? How good of a singer are you? How good of a dancer are you? You know, how stylish can you get? And then After Dope and I met, you know, Zoe, Flacco, Quincy, Diddy, Pharrell, Forrest Whitaker and all these people, you know, I moved to New York and it was like, you know, I was surrounded by the ASAP mob. It wasn't about how talented you were anymore. It was about how, like, where's your individuality?
0: You know what I'm saying? You know, just listening to how you even got to Dope, which is... You know, I would I would guess you'd probably consider your breakout role like I would. Like, this, this is the first time I think you were on, like, everybody knew who that cast was. They knew who you were. It was an amazing movie. You know, I loved it. It got, you know, I remember seeing it. I remember writing about it. I remember talking to people about it. Um, and it kind of, like, to me, it was like a launch pad because it was such a, it was such an interesting story, right? So, right. So let me not say it was a launch pad for you. I don't know how you view it. Like you said, perspective, but like when I look More, at it, I was like, that guy is going somewhere. Yeah. So I was like, this dude right here, like, you know, the way the energy you had in it, the the, the story itself is amazing. I love how they brought Stacy back from the wood. I I stood up and clapped when I saw that, you know what I mean? Because it was such a such a monumental film. The wood is that one of those films I remember where I was when I saw it for the first time because I think I was like 19 when that movie comes out, right? <laughs> What's the wood? It's not what you think it is. Nah, it's Englewood, California. That's where I grew up. Me and my boys. So tell me a bit about dope like what was that experience like it introduced you to all these people but you know this probably i'm guessing is like the biggest production that you're going to be a part of at that point to that point so what was that like i I was auditioning for like teen wolf and a couple of other things and dope was like the last
1: one on the list that we did that week and when i say i was sending out like hundreds of auditions i'm 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 literally like like yeah so like the self the dude that was self-taping for me eventually stopped charging me cause we were there. So I was there like what? four times a week, like, you know, like it wow. felt like every other day I was doing another audition. And uh, anyway, so yeah, I, they ended up loving the tape and they called me to LA. And I just remember feeling different about it. Like it felt like this you know, ooh, the music is about to, like, I really got something. This before Bryson Tiller, this before, like, I am I had this, this, oh, I'm telling you. And on the other hand, you know, Dope was coming and I did Incredible Crew and it's like, you know, I don't know if, I just don't know, like, is it acting? Is it music? Do I have to choose? Like, I really feel like I got something. And then, anyway, I remember they were like, well, you got to fly yourself to LA. And that was one of the things I remember Be like, I mean, do they really want me? So I went to LA. We made it an happen. I got there, and again, my mind was really on: do I want to do this music or acting? Because even though I know I can do both, I know people like to put artists in boxes. I was I was just in my mind about that, and I went in uh, for the chemistry read, and I saw a lot of people I knew, you know, and um. I bombed it. Like, it just wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't do a good job. You know, I forgot the lines and I just wasn't, I was shy and all these other elements. And, you know, I left and I just remember being like, Oh, I mean, maybe, maybe that's, that was my sign. And, you know, I just remember my mom, my dad, my agents, my manager, everybody was pissed because it was like, you're not understanding. This is your opportunity. Rick Samuel was the director of The Wood and Dope, apparently, you know, was like, yo, like, bring him in, just me and him, you know? And so I went back the next day. I remember that night, I'm, t- I'm talking about, I'm talking about my, every, they were on me, my family, they were like, you, you're not about to mess <laughs> this up, like, you know, like, I remember, like, I reread the script from the beginning to the end, like on some, I ran the lines. I stayed up all night, like running the lines on the phone. And like, you know, it was like that, like, so, uh, so anyway, I went, I went in the next day, it was just me and Rick and yeah, like he put on the camera, he was, he talked to me and then we did it. And then he was like, see, see, this is what I needed you to do yesterday. You know, I I know that you can do it. Now I need you to do it on my camera on Monday. You know, and um, that's like. Rick Rick saw. Um, he saw me underneath it all. You know, he he saw me. Right. But me and Rick, it created this bond with me and Rick that was like, that was like, nah, you 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 and me. You know what I'm saying? You you got it. Anybody else talk to you? Whatever. If I got a problem, I'm gonna talk to you. You never, you come here to impress me. We gonna do this together. And from there, like he taught me how to be the leading man on set, you know. And that's that's all I can say. So what I learned from him, I've taken to the Get Down. I took to Wu Tang. I took to Let It Know. I took to Spider Verse, and that is a part of who I am today, you know. And uh, I definitely give Rick all the all his flowers, and I think everybody that supports me or believes in what.
0: I'm capable of shit, too. You know? Yeah, no, that's amazing, bro. Like, and I, and, you know, shout out to Rick Fowler. You were, uh, um, absolutely. All right, we're gonna take a real quick break here. We're gonna come back. I wanna talk a bit about Miles Morales and the Spider-Verse. So we're gonna get to the Wu-Tang because one of my favorite shows, bar none. Take a break here on Dear Culture. All right, we're back here on Dear Culture. and I'm here with Shameek Moore. We're talking about his, uh, journey, acting journey through, uh, his rise in Atlanta to getting into dope, and you are also the voice of one of, and I think I'm gonna go ahead and say this, I think it's probably true, like one of the most iconic characters in the the Marvel universe at this point, though I don't even understand the politics of all the Marvel and all this stuff, but either way, you're the voice of Miles Morales well, the- for uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and I know the new one is coming out uh, later this year. How
1: am I supposed to save the whole world? You can't think about saving the world. You have to think about
2: saving one person
0: quick story, that's one of the most popular movies in my house. My children, I have uh, I have two boys that are eight and six and since the first time we yeah. watched that they have run that joint at least once a week. So for years, I'm talking years at this point, we watch this once a week in my house. Uh, I love it. What's it like yeah. being the voice of like one of the few truly representational characters because Mas Morales is he's black and Puerto Rican. Uh, that uh-huh. film is like hip hopped out. We got the Air Force Ones. You can't go anywhere Boom. Halloween without seeing kids, black, white, or other Rocky and Miles Morales versions of Spider-Man. Like, like, what's it like being that, like having participated or being a part of something that's so, like that impacts culture so heavily? I mean, I feel like there's,
1: and it's not just with Spider-Verse. Uh, I think everything, dope, Wu-Tang, The Get Down, Spider-Verse, it's all very culturally uh, impactful, you know, uh, mm-hmm. projects. I think I was chosen for them. For I mean, I was chosen for them for a purpose, and I think that purpose has revealed itself over the the span of these like last two three years uh, since COVID started. And um, and, as you said it right, it's about impact, and it's about purposeful impact. And uh, you know, there there's a reason that my vessel is being used to. To, to portray Miles Morales, you know, uh, Raekwon the chef, uh, Malcolm Atacombie, Shaolin Fantastic, and uh, the relatability that comes uh, with these characters. You know, I, I think a lot of people, I think way more people know my face uh, than the, they know my like Instagram handle or uh, follow me or whatever. Like the, the The love in real life, you know, from the different characters, It's all, it's all meaningful to me and it's all about what I do uh, as Shamik Moore with it, you know? Um, And I feel like I'm gonna show what that means to me um, and and that I I take the responsibility uh, very seriously. So it's an honor, I'm thankful, I'm excited and uh, I embrace all that comes with it. Um, And I think about a hundred years I don't, I don't really think about five years ten years I think about like you know my existence in general and I want I want it to mean something for the generations to come you know
0: impact is what it's all about time for a quick break stay with us and we're back mm-hmm. these roles that you have that you have been a part of like you're right they are impactful like and I want you know we can even wrap this into like the get down like I love that show like I was so hurt when they cancel that. Now, maybe even more so than me, since it's a paycheck for you, but, like, I loved what that show represented and how much they put... How much time and effort and energy, because it, it looked like... I know it was, like, one of the most expensive productions ever, and it felt like and it and looked like but it looked like the story was being done so well. So, like, what's it like being in these... Being these impactful characters? Like, do you know ahead of time, like, how important the roles you're stepping into are? Or is it just, like, when you're doing you like, yo, I think this is... I got another one because you seem to be one of those people who every one of these I got another one. Like in terms of like the impact and the characters,
1: it's one percent me and it's ninety nine percent like everything else. You know what I'm saying? I'm being used. Everything I'm involved in is go. and it's not. That sounds it's because I'm me. I'm and I'm speaking on it. I understand it. It might not be uh. It might not sound too humble, but uh, the truth is that uh. I'm only here for what I just said. I understand what my... I feel I have a solid understanding of my purpose. You know, we see other other projects that um, are really good and also, you know, representatives of the culture or whatever, but, you know, could have had a more It could have been executed on a higher level, you know? And I feel like right. a lot yeah. of these things are... Who's directing it? Who's acting in it? Who wrote it, and how it was executed? I think, I think the Get Down is what it is because of who was involved. I think Spider Man into the Spider Verse across the Spider Verse, you know, is what it is because of who was involved. Um, same thing with uh, Dope. I think it is what it is because
0: of who was involved. And yeah, that's that's my opinion. <laughs> so fair enough i respect that all right we're gonna take one more break here we're gonna come back i want to talk about the wu-tang ask some fun questions about this uh so stay tuned right here on Deer culture all right we're back here on Deer culture with shameek moore and we've been talking about his career and everything but he's a part of one of the more it's like entertaining educational informational and it's kind of even made me revisit the way that i look at the wu-tang clan right so i i'm I grew up in the 90s, well, I grew up in the 80s, but like, you know, the 90s, that's my thats my hip hop era, right? And true story, I wasn't a huge fan of the Wu-Tang Clan back then. I'm from Dow South. The sound was a little too dirty for me. Like I just couldn't fully appreciate it, but I respected and understand everything they brought to the table. Riz is one of my favorite producers, all this other stuff. So you're part of Wu-Tang, an American saga, and you're playing Raekwon. All right, so for one, were you a Wu-Tang fan before you started working on this project? Um, I, I wasn't raised on,
1: you know, hip hop. Let's start there. I was in an all boys military school. I eventually was in Christian school. Um, so skipping forward, I was introduced to hip hop, like when I was 12 and I saw you guys serve, I saw the movie a little late and, uh, yeah, I mean, those, you know, that introduced me to hip hop. That wasn't really gangster rap. That was like dance and graffiti and like love and et cetera, you know, it was, it was, so like that is, was my induction into hip hop and hip hop to me is, is the lifestyle of it. You know, it's, it's not just rap, you know, it's, it's how you carry yourself is what you eating, you're slaying, like who you hanging with, like the clothes you wear, you know, and how you express yourself It's like hip hop is like the culture. So, um the gangster side of the culture I didn't really, uh, embrace, um, because that's not, you know, I was a kid trying to be on TV and dance class and getting music videos and stuff. My, 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 uh, interest wasn't in, you know, robbing and selling drugs and all that, like, you know, surrounded by it for sure. But like, you know, also respected by my, like, young peers and stuff because it's like I didn't really have to do all that. I was dancing in the hallways and dancing at the pep rallies and, you know, saucing up girls and, like, trying to get fly with the two pairs of shoes I had and whatever, like, I was, it was, that was my energy. So it was about how talented I was at that time. It didn't get to individuality until I got to New York. You know, I had to look within when I got to New York and I was around other talented fly guys that, you know, was even better with women, had even more swag. And like, you know, it showed me more of what I was capable of just being around, you know, a whole different breed of, you know, young men. So at that point, you know, when you start talking about like uh, Wu-Tang, you know, first it was Cutthroat City. You know, I had the, it was my first opera. Like the get down was like, okay, he's a bad boy. But he was more like theatrical. He was kinda of yelling a little bit more. And he was on his karate. You know, it was more, it's more right. it's more theatrical, you know, um break dancer, you know, he was the first bad boy of hip hop, so he was selling drugs and like DJing or whatever. It's cool. It was like boom. When I got to Cutthroat City, it was like, you know, we we robbing we robbing casinos in order to survive in New Orleans after the Hurricane Katrina and that movie, I think the best thing that came out of it was me and RZA's connection. Like we was just, you know, we 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 saw what we could do. RZA came to me. Uh, well, I, I linked up with RZA in L.A. Uh, he he let me come to a Wu Tang concert that was going on at one of those like like spots in L.A. at the time, and I had met everybody. I didn't know who anybody was, uh, <laughs> and I remember listening to the, the Wu Tang album. Uh, before I met Rizza, like, on the flying stuff. And I just remember thinking, like, my favorite line in the first album was, uh, Get my... D- rubbed all night. <laughs> you know what I'm saying about Ghostface? Ghost that was my favorite bar. I'm
0: on lamp, I wanna be in the shade. Plus spotlight. Get in my... bro d- all
1: night. Everything yeah. else was just, like, I remember listening to the torture and all that stuff first, and it just wasn't connecting with me. That's not my side of hip-hop, you know? So, um... As I I was listening to the album to connect with the RZA to understand his psyche and like okay when I was working with Rick I was a, I was able to understand his psyche and tap into Malcolm et cetera like I said I was applying that same thing to each project so it's like tap in with the director like be on the same page with the director let's let's make let's make magic and uh, and uh, we did that he saw my you know and anyway. The second time he linked up with me, like this, like within those two weeks, he was basically, he invited me to his son's birthday party. So they was at a club or whatever. I linked up with them. He looked at me, he was like, yo, who you want to play in the Wu-Tang joint? I was like, what you mean? He was like, yeah, we got something, we, we got something we, we 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 working on. Who who you want to play in Wu-Tang? I was like, sir, I don't even know. Gee, I, you know, I don't, I have to do some research. He was like, all right, so in the, in the moment, I was thinking like, why not just play you? But I didn't want to say that, because it was like, I feel like it'd be so easy to play Riza. you know, I just spend so much time with him. It's, really? You know, so you. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't want to, like, yeah, I, and that was the, I didn't know enough about Wu-Tang to like, be like, like I knew a method, man, but like, you know, RZA, I found out what, right, right before I did Cutthroat City. So I'm like, well, who else is, I didn't want to just say RZA in the moment, you know? I went, I asked some brands about it. They was all like, yo, you gotta be ODB. ODB was that dude? Like you gotta, oh baby, I like it wrong. Like it was, it was like, that was the energy. It's like, you gotta play ODB or you you shouldn't do it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So that was, and I told, I told RZA the next time I talked to him, OG was like, nah. (laughs) <laughs> Ot was like, nah, it's not gonna be ODB. I was <laughs> like, like I guess just tell me who you want it to be, whatever. And then so he called me. I was in Atlanta. I'll, I'll never forget this. He called me. He was like, all right, so this is the real thing now. Like you know, you know, are you, you thought about it? Like who? I was like, oh, gee, just I'm whoever you want me to be. Like, you know what I'm saying, I'm on. Like you can, I'm signed up. I'm on. I'm on board. Like you know. When it's real, like hit the team about it, whatever. But like you got me, you can tell whoever I'm on, you know. And he was like, "All right, bet, bunk, bunk." So I was the first person cast in uh, in Wu Tang, and uh, and then as they started revealing more to the team and stuff, it was like it wasn't real. It was gonna be a a fictional version of Wu Tang. So it was like they wasn't gonna use their real names. They weren't gonna necessarily be the real wu-tang members you know it was just gonna be inspired by real events that was how it was originally formed and it was gonna be like okay. a mini series so just six episodes you know so it was like okay cool like they wasn't gonna make me cut my hair They wasn't gonna make me da da. i was like okay cool oh good it's like i'm working on this movie that movie and i got this one og i'm about to make a bank this year it was that was the energy and anyway I still like, even when I was met with Hulu and like sat down with them, nobody wanted to tell me anything cause RZA didn't want me to know or any of us to know who he was playing. So it was like, okay. And then it went all the way to the the day we started to shoot and stuff. And then like, I was, and then I ended up finding out like Shah Raider was, you know, Raekwon and he inspired by Raekwon. And I was like, well, I should meet. Raekwon I I don't you know what I'm saying like it's a real person that's alive like and if if the show is going to become little Billy Raekwon I'll just say I was adamant about it and so it ended up happening because I was adamant about it and OG respected uh respected that and uh, Raekwon uh you know took time out of his you know life and schedule to sit down with me and uh yeah, I was in Canada filming Let It Snow. Uh, You know, I think he had a store out in Canada or something like that, so he was doing something, handling his business. We met for dinner, and, like, from the second I saw him, I was, like, in studying mode, like, focused on the God details, the, the mannerisms, how he was walking, how he was talking, his energy, how I felt being around him, you know, how it felt when he was listening to me, how it felt when he was talking. You know, when he got excited about something, when he was, like, just eating, like, when he was walking away and he didn't know I was still looking at him, like, you know what I'm saying? It was like that. Like, that's what I was digesting and I took in. And that's, like, what I got from it. And and, in the first season, he let me, um, you know, I would call him before as many scenes as possible just to hear his voice and talk to him about, like, all right, this is what they said happened, but what really happened? What inspired these events? Like, what's your perspective? Like. You know, and for a while he was, you know, he was there. He, he was answering the phone for me. And, and you know what I mean? So um, it was nice. And then, you know, we after, I, I think from season two on, it was just like, you know, I just let go and just let, and let him use me, you know what I'm saying? I just let the energy go through me and I did the best I could. And, and uh, you know, I hope he he feels represented, you know? Did the best I can. Hopefully hopefully it's it seems like everybody liked it.
0: So Oh, absolutely, man. Like yeah. you you're killing that role. I think everybody's doing a really good job. Like you're you're killing that role. Um and I do I actually think and you know, I was talking to a friend about, about this yesterday. Like you've gotten even better in that space as Raekwon. Like we watch over you know, I've seen all the seasons, I've watched all the episodes. I'm always waiting on Wednesday night for it to drop at midnight. I watch it at midnight when it drops because, you know, as somebody who grew up in that era that that time is so Like, vital to who I consider myself to be as a person now, that like it's like watching a time capsule. So, I have to ask, like, what was it like when you all did that first, like, the first performance at Fever in the Bronx, right? And y'all are going through like Protect Your Neck, uh, Can It All Be So Simple, Method Man? Like, what I really like, what was that energy like recreating that on stage? Because we felt it. Like, I literally stood up, I was standing up watching that. Like I have never, uh, I, haven't, I don't wanna say never. It's been a while since I've been that hyped watching a scene of television. And it uh, sent me right to the car to go listen to the entire end of the Thirty Six album over again. Like, it's like, I saw Wu-Tang for the first time watching you all create these performance scenes. So what was it like filming that? Like, what was it like being up on stage representing these folks and like bringing that energy and all like, what was that fit? Feel- like, what was that like? It's just another day on set for me, brother. Be honest with you. I can respect that too. I mean, y'all, y'all nailed it, bro. Like the the amount of the the quality of all this. So I'm glad it was just another day on set for you. Like it just that's how good you all are at, at y'all jobs at this point. Because everybody I've talked to about those performance scenes in particular are like, yo, this has made me reappreciate the woo. So let me just say, as somebody who watches the show and enjoys it. Y'all are nailing it. it's great. Y'all done a great job with it. It's appreciated. It's heartwarming to hear that. Um
1: Yeah, OG's always like, yo, son, you'll you you'll you 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 need validation. Like, and he right, you know, but sometimes sometimes I you know you know, i I'm, I'm happy that the audience that uh is following the show that is personally connected to You know their favorite characters or 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 members in real life feel uh like you know we're doing the job and we're we're yeah we're doing what we're supposed to do so you know that's that's the real uh what what the best part about it for me is like is like all right they like it all right all right they connected to it okay so it was the the performance scene that's crazy because i know on like behind, in real life, art imitates life. Like, you know, me, a lot of us were just butting heads, you know what I'm saying? That's the reality of it. So thinking back to that moment is like, for me, it really was just like, I'm a sad to do what I came here to do. I'm pretty sure like half of us was in some sort of argument with the other half we was all just, it's like nine <laughs> alpha men, like, you know, so it's it's just, during that time, I just remember it being like, you know, a little chaos on a set, you know, uh, so, yeah, but it was, you know, the art was speaking and uh, it was solid, you know, I think, I think we all grew to love each other and respect each other in, in different ways, and, you know, we, we spend 14, 15 hours with each other for six months of the year, it's like, you know, it's like you, y'all, and they're best friends at this point and you're not even like friends like that But y'all like
0: you know what I'm saying your classmates or something right. it's like I'm with you and I, I appreciate that yeah it, it's it's great to know that that art imitated life in some way like it it, it, it translated it, regardless of what was going on in the background it translated in a way yeah. that I think made it so that people like myself and all the fans that I know were able to take from it what you guys were trying to give and yeah you know, the, the
1: authenticity in the this is, was there, <laughs> you know, it felt authentic to everybody, and that was because we was we was, it was the same kind of energy that that I think the Wu members have in real life, you know, yeah. It's funny. Yeah. I'll, I'll share a story real quick. Every time it always hit the ceiling. Anytime it really hit the fan, it was when we was at dinner. Whenever OG called a dinner to get everybody in line it always hit the fan. I mean, I think all of the, you have this interview with anybody else, RZA, um, or any other members of, of the Hulu-woo, you know, it's like, yeah, it always it always hit the fan. And um, it's funny because uh, at the start of this last season, um, uh, the homie that played Master Killer, he was, he was like, because they was coming at me about whatever, right? So they, bro, was like, but was like, yeah, and then and in season two, you was like, you was like, are you even in the group? He he said something like that, and I was like, huh? Like and it just, you know, and it was from the performance scene. We had walked past, you know, because uh, Master Killer wasn't on stage with us yet, and but he was he was right. there behind the scenes, and we would, we kind of walked past him after the performance at the Fever, and I guess I was like, you know, what I'm saying like. I said something about him not being in the group, just being in character or whatever, and it really offended him. So he had said it um, right there. And I think everybody at the team will kind of like, because everybody know me. I'm not, if I said something, I said it. You, you know what I'm saying? It's so, uh, like, right. you know, I was I was just taken back, like, whoa. And then Rizzo was like, that's funny because we, we actually addressing this this season. You know what I'm saying? That That's a real, that was a real thing with, with, with Chef and Master Killer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. I, I say that to say art really imitates life, and even that scene that happened this season, uh, on the bus and stuff, it was like it was fun to live in it because, and they cut a lot of that out, cause yeah, they cut a lot of it out because it was it was some good energy right there, cause you know we got we got love, like we had a little a little um, a little <laughs> shadow boxing moment or whatever, so it was it's like I said the the behind the scenes tit for tat definitely shows up on screen. And I think, you know, when us as the cast members, like, get to look at the work, that's like the, that's like the real love. That's the, that's when it really, like, when I look at TJ, I'm looking at like, uh when I look at uh, Sadiq, you know, me and Sadiq used to play heads a lot too. It was like, he playing Ghostface and obviously our characters were like, you know, going at it. So it's like, what us looking at each other now and in real life and on screen, it's like, yo, like, excuse me, this this is really like, this is special. Like we, we just love each other. You know what I'm saying? That's the truth of it. We, we definitely all grew to have a real special connection and um, relationship with one another. So I'm just thankful to be involved. I'm thankful for the growing process. You know, I've become a better actor. I've become a better person. I've, be- I've become a better team player. You know, um, I think when I did Dope, it was about me coming to, coming to work and leading, you know what I'm saying? And I I took that energy to every project, you know, but on this project, like I said, I think everybody had something that they wanted, every, everybody wanted to lead, you know? You had the newer guys that wanted to get that respect. You had the solidified guys that was coming in like, yeah, this my, this my show, you know? Um, and then you you had you had our our professional rapper that was like, man, I'm a real rapper. You know what I'm saying? His energy, you know, and it, it all it created the dynamic that people love on screen. So it's like RZA. Shout out, shout out to the to the cast, the, the the casting. Shout out to the writers. Shout out to the directors, the DPs, everybody that put up with us behind the scenes, the the ads, the PAs. You know what I'm saying? And they had the hardest job of all. And uh, you know, we just we I'm <laughs> happy it ended on a on a solid note. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm very
0: thankful, and I can definitely say I grew from it. So, yeah. All right, all right. We'll take our last break here. We come back. We're gonna talk black fashions and black Medations and wrap this whole thing up with Shameek Moore. All right, we're here on Dear Culture with Shameek Moore. We've we'll come to the to the end of the show, and we we this is my favorite segments where we have fun with our guests who give us a little more insight into them and things that they're interested in. So we do two things. We do our black fashion and our black commendation, but we got to start with the black fashion because it's the one that proves what we all like to say to black community, that we are not a monolith, right? We love saying that anytime something happens, like we are not all the same. So a black fashion is a confession, something about your blackness, something people will be surprised to know about you because you're black. Do you have a black fashion for us? Uh...
1: Truth is, I've never listened to
0: Mob Deep. Not yet. Really? You know, I, okay. I can understand that. Because again, if you, you know, if the Wu Tang was like new to you as well, like Mob Deep, that, that's the same chamber right there, you know, to speak in the language of the Wu, right? It's just the, it's the same chamber, but Okay. I have it. So do you have any plans to check out Mob Deep? Like the Infamous? The the, the the Infamous album, one of the greatest hip hop albums
1: yeah for sure like you know i think it's just the nature of it nature of the beast i i I have so much to learn and you know i think i've been caught up in my bubble and doing what i gotta do i I think i only know about wu-tang because it it got into my bubble you know so or i only appreciate wu-tang the way i do because it, it entered my like bubble so um yeah like i'm not proud of not knowing my deep you know, um, I'm just. I know. I have, I was just asked this question, and uh, Atlanta, Bing Tigger and uh, you, you know, I didn't know Mob Deep, so it, I've heard of Mob Deep. I just don't know, and I probably heard their music
0: before. I just, I just don't know. You know. So well, yeah. let me say this: if they ever make a Mob Deep movie, you will be perfect as havoc. Like, straight up, like, you would be <laughs> the perfect havoc. Like, I, and I mean that, like, from the heart. Like, that, ge- I genuinely believe that, like, the mannerisms, all that, 100%. 100%. What? All right. So, what we also do after we do our Black Festions is we ask people for a Black recommendation, which is a recommendation about something to buy for about Blackness, something that, you know, it could be something you work, you personally working on, something you're into, reading, something that you would recommend other Black folks check out because it's about the culture and the community. You have a black commendation for us? Because it's about the culture and community. I'm working on something that is all
1: about the culture and the community, the impact of era. So I guess I could say my black commendation be to follow my journey have some on absolute things of my sleeves that will change or evolve or add to the progression of the black experience. Um, this is my 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 life's purpose project
0: that will be revealed very very yeah all right. well where can people follow your journey and everything you got going on so they can keep up with that and all along with all the trailers and everything that you got going on so we can keep up with the journey of Shamik Moore for now you know Instagram
1: Twitter YouTube Shamikmoor.com you know, and uh, like all of my like every movie I ever do, uh, any song I ever put out, any clothing line I ever collaborate with, or pieces I ever drop, merch, any tour I'm ever on, um, any anything I do that you don't know I'm involved in, and I'm just behind the scenes. Uh, it's all in service of my like life's purpose project. You know? really creating and that that's that's going to be my ultimate creation uh within my existence and yeah you'll 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 follow you it'll be in your face you know so just i'm just thankful you know hey if you if you see or hear that i'm involved with something uh you can just if you believe in me and you believe in my heart you know just and 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 what i am like it's all about impact it's all about community it's all about our culture and um I'm in service to it. Um and and added to uh, the like I said, the progression uh, of it. So just just support support
0: when you when you hear, when you see Shereek Moore. Yeah. All right, we'll do. Brother, thank you so much for your time and being here on Dear Culture. Uh, we appreciate your time, your work, your energy, the efforts that you make, the You know, the output, like I said, almost everything that you've done so far is something that in my household gets gets burned. So I can appreciate you for creating art that resonates with me and my family and families everywhere. Right. So thank you for that. Um, You know, and thank you to everybody for listening to Dear Culture. You know, we appreciate you here. It's an original uh, original podcast of the Real Black Podcast Network produced by Sasha Armstrong, edited by Jeff Trudeau. And Regina Griffin is our managing editor of podcasts. So, my name is Panama Jackson. Have a black one.
2: I'm political scientist, author, and professor, Dr. Christina Greer, and I'm host of The Blackest Questions on The Greer's Black Podcast Network. This person invented ranch dressing around 1950. Who are they? I have no idea. This all began as an exclusive black history trivia party at my home in Harlem with family and friends. And they got so popular, it seemed only right to share the fun with our Griot listeners. Each week, we invite a familiar face on the podcast to play. What was the name of the person who was an enslaved chief cook for George Washington and later ran away to freedom? In 1868, this university was the first in the country to open a medical school that welcomed medical students of all races, genders, and social classes. What university was it? No, th- this is why I like doing stuff with you, because I leave educated. I was not taught this in Alabama public schools. Question yeah. number three, you ready? Yes, I'm okay. to, to redeem myself. How do we go from Kwanzaa to, like... These obscure... Give dollars. a ad- sport, darling. Ad- like, like the New York Times crossword from a Monday to a Saturday. Right or wrong? Because all we care about is the journey and having some fun while we do it. I'm excited and also a little nervous. Oh, listen, no need to be nervous. And as I tell all of my guests, This is an opportunity for us to educate ourselves because Black history is American history. So we're just gonna have some fun. Listen, some people get zero out of five, some people get five out of five. It doesn't matter. We're just gonna be on a little intellectual journey together. Latoya Cantrell? That's right, Mary Latoya Cantrell. Hercules Posey. Mm. Born in 1754 and he was a member of the Mount Vernon slave community widely admired for his culinary skills. I'm going to guess AfroPom. Close, it's okay. Afro Nation. So Never last year. That. According to my research, it's Samuel Wilson, aka Falcon. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> I I am I am disputing this. I'm very, 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 very ninety-nine point nine 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 sure that it is Representative John Lewis, who is also from the state of Alabama. That let you know, Christina, we got some goodness come out of Alabama. There is something in the water in Alabama, and you are absolutely correct. The oh, harder they come. Close. Oh, wait, uh, the harder they fall? That's right. I'm one of those people that, that just changes one word. <laughs> I mean, in, I know people too well.
0: I just don't know nothing today. It's I'm going to pour myself a little water while you tell me the answer.
2: The answer is Seneca Village, which began in 1825 with the purchase of land by a trustee of the AME Zion Church.
0: You know why games like this make me nervous? I don't know if I know enough black. Do I know enough how black am I? Oh, my Lord, They, they gonna, we going to find out in public.
2: So give us a follow, subscribe, and join us on The Blackest Questions.